The transfer portal is rocking and rolling. We'll get into that here today on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Wide receiver, certainly a need position. Offensive line, do they need to be tapping in? And some defensive backs have been rumored. We'll get into the transfer portal and the latest. A little bit of time off for Iowa basketball. We'll get ready for the back half of the non-conference slate. And, of course, conference season right around the corner. Iowa tries to get right coming up this weekend. And David Eichel from 24-7. Speaking of that transfer portal, we'll go to one of the best sources that you can find in the Hawkeyes in the recruiting world. All coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back once again to the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day available wherever you get podcasts. And also you can see us on YouTube while you're there. Just hit that subscribe button helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode of lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Hawkeyes as they take on Southeast Missouri state right here on sling sling the TV. You love the price. You'll love try it today. The big 10 network available Fox FS when Longhorn network, NBC, the Pac-12 Network, TBS, TNT, USA, SEC Network, on and on and on. But of course, most importantly for us, the Big Ten Network, all on sling. Let's get into it here. Plenty of talk in the recruiting world. So we got David Eicholt, who's going to be stopping by here in just a couple of minutes to talk about the latest. We'll break things down and and get some more in-depth conversation. It really appears right now that the top target for Iowa is Seth Anderson. He played his freshman campaign at Charleston Southern. He is a wide receiver, had 42 catches, 628 yards, and seven touchdowns as a redshirt freshman. Did redshirt his first year on campus there at Charleston Southern. Not a big guy, just six foot and listed at 172. So we're not talking about you know a real big guy. Saw the picture of him on the visit with Kirk Ferentz there, along with Kelton Copeland, the wide receiver coach. Those guys were both there trying to get him there. Isaac Tesla, the wide receiver, a bigger target at six foot four, 210 pounds. He took his official visit. We know wide receiver is a huge, huge position, and we'll get into that a little bit deeper. We talked about some of the other news out there. Arlen Harris, he is committed to Iowa State. Iowa was involved with him at the high school level. He was a four-star, ended up going to Stanford last season for his freshman campaign. He'll be with the Cyclones next year. And a name we didn't talk about it very much, but there's guys that are making commitments that Iowa was interested in. Makai Jackson from St. Francis. He has made a commitment to Appalachian State. Now, that is another program that is off off after, excuse me, right now, uh, Seth Anderson. So one to keep an eye on possibility. Maybe that makes a whole lot more sense, but we're going to dig in a little bit deeper into everything. Some more news and notes from today is we're going to be bouncing around a whole bunch. And I want to go next to a guy that wasn't an All-American, wasn't a guy that was talked about a ton, but Dallas Craddock. Now, Dallas Craddock, if you remember four or five years ago when he was being recruited. We were talking about a four-star, had some big-time offers out there, a lot of possibility of maybe this was going to be the next great safety. Of course, you look at what Phil Parker has done throughout his tenure and taking many unheralded guys and turning them into All-Americans, giving them an opportunity to play at the next level and being NFL guys. That has been out there a whole lot. He was a four-star. It never quite clicked for him as a safety, but 
as a special teamer, he was outstanding. This is the feel-good story. You know, the guys that went out there, played hard, worked hard, did everything that you want in your team, was there for five years, got his degree, and now as a grad transfer is going to go out, maybe find a place that he can be a starter. Go out there and get that opportunity. Look, playing time was limited at the safety position. I was been so good at safety throughout the years that it just never happened for Dallas Craddock. The guy did the work. He helped out on special teams. He got his degree. This is a feel-good story for Iowa football. And wherever Dallas ends up, you know, we're going to be rooting for you. A really good story and absolutely love to see those. So that is a, another nugget that is out there. Iowa is looking at some defensive backs. We have also talked about that just a little bit. Is they're looking, not at the safety position, but more they're looking at cornerbacks. So a couple of names to keep your eye on uh, from that defensive backfield position, certainly cornerback. Alex Washington from Harvard, Philo Dossie, another Harvard guy that they have been interested in. A couple of guys with some bigger names out there. A.J. Hampton from Northwestern. Saw him play the last couple of seasons. Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest. And then a couple of other guys uh, from the smaller level. Kent State, Mondre Miller. That's a new name that has popped on here lately along with Dominic Morris. So again, we're just pass along information as it becomes available. Always changing news, theories, and we're going to go next to the source for a whole lot of that. Also, Iowa basketball trying to get right, trying to get more information on Chris Murray and what is happening, obviously, with his injury. We'll get the latest on that. David Eichold, he's going to join us as we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks again for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Now, Omaha Steaks, I think if you're from around here, you've certainly heard the name, right? You know about Omaha Steaks. You know what they can do. What they do, it is sending great cuts of meat to you or a family member. Now, for me personally, I did this, sent it to both my father-in-law and my dad. They loved it. And then one year for Christmas, we said, all right, let's go all out. We ordered a prime rib from Omaha Steaks. Had the family in town. They raved about what they did. Now, got to give a lot of credit also to my wife, but how about this? Omaha Steaks has cut prices 50% site-wide to make you the gift-giving hero that you always wanted to be. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks has put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love, nice and easy. Go to omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of that 50% off site-wide. Plus, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. How about this? An additional $40 off, 50% off site-wide, plus an additional $40 off your order with the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't wait. Order today and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Visit omahasteaks.com. 50% off site-wide with the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Thanks once again for joining us here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Time to welcome in our guest for the day. He is David Eichel, 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. David, as always, good catching up with you. What's happening? A, a quiet time, right? Here's easy <laughs> yeah. into the new year. Yeah, exactly. No, Trent, it's always good to join you. I appreciate you having me. It's uh, such a busy time for you. You have leading up to the new recruiting cycle and the December signing period. People continue to wait on 
with bated breath about Caden Proctor. Will he, won't he? Everything feels good there. In fact, let's start right there because that remains, at least in the high school level, the biggest question. I get it on a daily basis. I'm sure you do as well. What is the latest with Caden Proctor? I mean, are we at that like 95% we're feeling good right now or even go higher than that? I mean, I'm still 95%, but Trent, I mean, as you've seen with the transfer portal and recruiting in general, things can flip on a dime. So I know that's not exactly comforting for Iowa fans to hear who love stability and love good news and don't want something crazy to happen and have had their hearts broken years past on signing day. But I think Iowa's done a really good job in this. Look, I mean, the reality was I think we all knew Deion Sanders was going to offer Caden Proctor once he got to Colorado. Oregon obviously hosts him on an official visit. They're continuing to, you know, try to recruit him. And Alabama has not given up the relentless pursuit. And that's why Nick Saban and company is Nick Saban and company, right? But I feel pretty good about where Iowa's at right now. I, like you said, I really just think it's about getting to the finish line. I would be, I'm at the point where I would be surprised if Caden Proctor is not a Hawkeye when he signs. I just, I think there's too many things going. I think Iowa's been the most consistent in the recruitment. I think Caden knows and he's an early enrollee, so he gets to go through spring practice with Cade McNamara and company. And Trent, you've seen him. I'll be shocked if he's not a starting tackle at the start of the year. I mean, especially given he'll be able to understand the system. He just has that size and NFL upside to be a top five, top ten pick. I mean, I'm very, very high on him. And I won't give it away, but there's going to be an increase in Caden Proctor's 24-7 sports ranking in a couple hours from right now. Oh, wow. That'll be fun, and we'll keep an eye out there. HawkeyeInsider.com, part of the 24-7 network. Caden Proctor, an instant starter. I, I've seen enough from this kid and, and heard about him. I heard about him when he was still in middle school. People say, oh, you just wait. <laughs> you think that Southeast Folk offensive line is, is – and, and he went away. I mean, he was out there playing at a high level, what had a Michigan offer before he had even played a snap of varsity football. That's how talented this young man is. So he comes in, he's a starter on whatever side. Might be right tackle, might be left tackle. You're feeling good about Mason Richmond. My question about the offensive line, as I've been following all your guys' nuggets over there at 24-7 and everything you've been putting out, a lot of talk about wide receivers in the transfer portal. Cornerback yeah. seems to be another area that they're really attacking at this point in time. I haven't seen anything at offensive line. There was, I know, a guy from Cincinnati that I was possibly excited about. I know that it was buzzed about. Doesn't feel like there's much interest. Is A, I would just happy where they are with the offensive line. Do you anticipate, unless something falls into their lap, that they're going to be very active looking for another offensive lineman? You know, I don't think they're going to be super active because, like you said, Trent, I just think there's higher priorities. I mean, look, I know people were very frustrated with the way the offensive line played last year. 37 sacks allowed. That's inexcusable. That shouldn't happen. But for everybody that's calling for Barnett's job, here's what I would kind of take advise people to take a step back. Number one, it, they were all young. And there are four sophomores and a freshman starting. And, you know, again, this is Barnett's second year. So the junior and senior classes are not contributing outside Jack Plum, who played sparingly in the last few games, especially. That's not on Barnett because he was not in charge of recruiting those caliber guys. And you look at what he's done on the recruiting trail. Iowa's got to feel fantastic about the talent that they have coming in. So I think this is Barnett's really get it done year. I think they expect a big, big jump next year. Like you said, we get Caden Proctor in the starting lineup. I expect Logan Jones to be much more cleaned up. I think Connor Colby going through a full offseason of offensive guard again is going to pay him dividends. I think if Iowa is going to look around as far as, you know, the transfer portal, I think it may be an interior piece would be very good for them because who knows if Justin Britt's going to come back at full strength. He's just been 
so aggravated by injuries throughout his career. I thought he had NFL upside when he got to Iowa, but just the injuries have plagued him. But I would also advise Iowa, do you want to get another offensive tackle for depth? Because, Trent, there's been three names on the depth chart at tackle this year, right? I mean, it's been Jack Plum, uh, you know, Nick DeYoung, and then Colby until Colby basically got moved out. So I, I think maybe – but, again, if you're going to the transfer portal – Guys are not leaving starting jobs to come play second or third string for Iowa. That, that's just not the reality of it. So I think it's a combination of bad luck and just Iowa feels good about where they're at. And like I mentioned earlier, cornerback, linebacker, which I think is going to be an increased priority. Maybe they look at getting a running back and wide receiver have to take priority over the offensive line, as, as crazy as it sounds. It appears right now uh, two big targets, the main two targets at this point in time, uh, on that board for when you're looking at what's happening, obviously with the wide receiver position. First is Seth Anderson. Flipper Anderson, for us old guys like me. Sorry, David, you don't remember Flipper playing out there for the Rams back in the day with Henry. Most receiving yards in a game in NFL history, right? You got it. Seth Anderson played at Charleston Southern. He was a redshirt freshman this year. Nice year, 42 catches, 628 and seven touchdowns. Not a big guy, though. Six foot, 172. What can you tell us the latest on Seth Anderson? Yeah, I think Iowa's sitting pretty good here. I believe Seth Anderson's coming up for a visit this weekend. You know, Appalachian State, Georgia State have offered. And this is a guy who's from the same area, I believe same high school as former Iowa running back Tyler Goodson. So they've had a couple of conversations there. Goodson's kind of been hyping up Iowa. And Anderson's pretty nice on tape. I don't think he has outstanding breakaway speed, but he seems like he's got reliable hands. He can turn something into nothing. And he's a sharp route runner. And I think that's what Iowa needs more than anything else. Now, look. Iowa's has some sharp route runners. I think the route trees have been broken for the last couple of seasons. I think you would attest to that. I think that's going to be the number one thing in the passing game that they got to clean up. But I feel pretty good about where Iowa is at with Seth Anderson. I think early next week, if he doesn't commit to Iowa, barring any you know surprise offers, it, it really wouldn't surprise me if he does if he commits early next week. And but we we've seen it like Isaac Tesla, which I'm sure you were going to get to as well, the Division mm-hmm. two receiver out of Hillsdale College. He's added offers from Miami. He added an offer from Baylor about an hour ago. So this is a guy whose stock is continuing to rise, and he was on campus officially in this past weekend. So I think Iowa sitting pre with Seth Anderson. I believe Kirk Ferentz had an in-home visit with him the other day. And like I said, I, I, I don't think it's a matter of if he's committing. I think it's a matter of when based on the intel I'm hearing. But, again, he probably wants to get to camp and see it. And, you know, there's other schools still looking for big wide receivers, you know, that uh, – he may earn a couple more offers down the stretch because if people think this transfer portal thing slowing down, Trent, it's not. This is going to be an absolute chaotic rush until January 18th. So you talk about Tesla. He's got the Miami offer. Houston, Oklahoma State, Baylor have all offered him. Iowa State his first visit. Iowa this past weekend. Is this one maybe as more and more offers are coming in that's going to drag out a little bit longer? You know, based on our intel and Isaac Tesla said he doesn't want to decide till January and he has a girlfriend that lives in the state of Florida. So Miami might be a little bit appealing uh, from that aspect. And I believe Iowa State is having an in-home with them sometime in the near future as well. But it is very interesting to me, Trent, when you talk about the transfers. One, I've learned very quickly, it's a lot harder to get solid information about transfers. Law schools are being very hush-hush. They advise their camps to be hush-hush. And these guys are going through the recruiting process the second time. So they kind of know how to handle it better if they want to keep things in-house. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It wouldn't surprise me if Tesla commits sometime in the next week to wherever he's going. I know he's been public about he wants to decide in January, but if you read between the lines and 
it, it really wouldn't surprise me if he shuts it down sooner. But maybe his eyes are opened as more colleges continue to look at his film and he acquires these offers to say, you know what? Maybe I do want to take a couple more visits than I intended. But, you know, a lot of those guys, too, they don't get – I think Cade McNamara brought up in his interview, his only public interview right now, where he just said, look, when you go through the process the second time, you don't care about the fluff. You don't care about the stadium. You don't care about all this fancy stuff. It's basically what's the fit? Can you get to the next level? And who are the guys you're playing with? And obviously NIL is a factor across college, the college landscape right now, too. So – We'll, we'll see what happens with him, but uh, it, it's certainly going to be an interesting storyline to follow because he has certainly blown up in the past couple of days, and I don't believe that those are going to be his last offers he gets. His film's pretty pretty impressive. One more on the uh, portal, and that's Eric All, the Michigan tight end. Obviously, very close connection to Cade McNamara, not only playing together, play their roommates for three seasons. So guys that have a close connection, he is visiting Notre Dame coming up next. Is that right for Eric All? So I know there have been some people that have reported that based on the last latest intel I received last night, Eric All has not planned a visit to Notre Dame. So, you know, whether the, my sources haven't heard about it or it, it just got recent, recently developed that he's visiting Notre Dame, as far as I'm aware, if he's not visiting Notre Dame. Now, could that change? That's just that's planned right now. It's not there. Could he visit? Absolutely. But I mean, I increased my crystal ball from a six to an eight over the weekend. I just think there's too many connections to Iowa. I think Cade McNamara has really done a great job and reading between the lines with his visit with, with Laporta was his host. I mean, I don't think those two watched the basketball game Trent. <laughs> I think they were busy talking and laughing and Eric all got a few chants and Carter Hawkeye, which was a very good atmosphere. Might I add at this point, it's going to surprise me if Eric all is not a Hawkeye. I just, I just think there's too much going in favor of him. That would be certainly good news and one, two punch with him. And Luke Lachey, uh, you really said at the tight end position, now just fighting some receivers. Well, David, there's a whole lot more going on here in the world of Hawkeye athletics. You mentioned basketball, a frustrating week. Just didn't play well against Duke. You bounce back, quick turnaround play, as well as maybe you can against Iowa State. And then Sunday, playing without Aaron Euless, playing without Chris Murley, falling in that game, battled back, last minute of regulation, one of the more exciting moments in Carver. And then they come out, keep hitting shots, and... Wisconsin responded. You know, I opened up the podcast yesterday, David, just saying, I know, yeah, we're locked on Hawkeyes. You're Hawkeye insider over there. It's all about the Hawkeyes. More than anything, I just walked away saying, you got to give credit to Wisconsin. I hate Wisconsin. I got family in Madison. <laughs> I just hate the Badgers. And, and what certainly basketball-wise kind of Iowa aspires to be over the last two decades. But sometimes you just got to credit the other team. And that's kind of my biggest takeaway from Sunday. It's very interesting talking about Wisconsin. And this is going to sound like an absolute diss against the team, and I don't mean it for them. I've never seen a team look more average that win, wins more games than Wisconsin. Yeah. Like they have players that meld well together, but you watch the game and you're thinking, there's no way they're winning. There's no way. They just don't do anything that blow you away. Then all of a sudden you look up, oh, my God, they're up by five with a minute left. Oh, they won. Oh, they're top four finish in the Big Ten again. You got to give credit to the culture they have and and Greg Gard for, for ultimately being a tremendous coach and players hitting big shots. And – for Iowa, like you said, it's a discouraging week, but here's what I would advise people. And this is the way I kind of perceived Iowa's first 10 games. I've actually seen a lot of encouraging signs from Iowa. I thought they got out tough by TCU, no question. I thought there was a 10-minute stretch against Duke where they looked completely uninterested. Philip Robracha has been a big storyline for this team. I've been unbelievably impressed with what he's done this year. But Iowa's playing tough. They're playing gritty. And they don't back down. And you're seeing Patrick McCaffrey start to really get in his own element. And Connor McCaffrey, 
a lot of people are quiet about him right now, especially getting his first offseason. So the way I'm looking at that entire stretch is, does Iowa have the intangibles of being a really good team that can be a top five, top four team in the Big Ten that can make a run in the NCAA tournament? To me, Trent, the answer is yes. It, but it's going to come down to one thing. Can Iowa make shots from the perimeter? Because Iowa's rebounding better. They out-rebound Wisconsin by eight. They're rebounding better. I think Iowa's defense is light years ahead of where it was last year. I actually think they've been really good defensively. I think they're turning the ball over a little bit too much, not having a true developed point guard. I think Tony Perkins can fit it. But when Iowa gets down, he goes in full attack mode. It's all him. And it works sometimes. And it's exciting when it works. And he made some big plays against Wisconsin. But Iowa has to get Peyton Sanford going. They have to get Chris Murray back healthy. And Iowa has to hit shots from the perimeter. If Iowa's perimeter shooting can get back to where it needs to be and they keep these intangibles and the defense at the level that they've played over the past week, Trent, I still think they can be a sweet 16 caliber team. I think they can be a top four, top five team in the Big Ten. I I just see a lot of really, really good pieces in there, but they got to be able to stretch the floor. It, it comes down to matchups, and a huge part of that is obviously Peyton Sanford. I've talked about it here. I'm sure you've talked about it as well, David, yeah. trying to find a way to get him right it appears to be mental at this point in time. I mean, he's too good of a shooter. He is now shooting 20% from three, nine of 44 on the season, had three three-pointers in the first two games of the year against Bethune-Cookman in North Carolina A&T, and since then, it's been dreadful and just absolutely bad. He's had looks, hit one finally against Iowa State, but trying to talk him in here, is this a perfect time, though? It's finals week. Hey, take a day away. Stay out of the gym for a day or two. We'll come back. And you know, Fran, he is going to inspire confidence because that's yep. what Fran McCaffrey does. I think Patrick said that when I asked him about Peyton Sanford as well. You said, look, maybe he just needs to take a day because everybody's talking about it. There's nobody putting up more shots than him. And this is where I've kind of wanted to talk to somebody that's been on the beat and has watched Iowa basketball for, for a long time, Trent. People are comparing Peyton Sanford to Josh Oglesby. I don't mm-hmm. see it. I, I don't like the comparison personally. I, I think – People know how good Peyton Sanford is. We've watched him do these things. Josh Oglesby, I think really, we never, we heard about it. We didn't see a lot of it. We know what Peyton Sanford can do. I expect him when he gets back, he's going to take one big game and I think he's going to be back. But the encouraging thing, Trent, for me, was the first four or five shots he took in that, in the last game. I thought they were good looks. There was one in the corner where he took a fadeaway where I'm just like, okay, he's just begging for anything to go in at that point. There were a couple where you're like, you can't do these curl cuts. You can't do all this other stuff. You have to just pass the ball around the perimeter, play inside out, give him a wide open, straight up shot. So I don't like the Oglesby comparison. I think it is a little bit mental, but the reality is Iowa's only going to get to where they want to be if Peyton Sanford's hitting. And I I will be surprised if this really lingers on. I bet, I bet over the next two games, one of the top priorities for Iowa is going to be put Peyton Sanford in a good position, give him some opportunities to succeed. If I'm Fran... That's what I'm looking for, for sure, especially when you talk about them playing Southeast Missouri State and Eastern Illinois. This is a perfect opportunity for Peyton Sanford to get shots up, focus on school, and then get back in the gym and get ready to, you know, for him hopefully have a big, big game against against Southeast Missouri State. Yeah, it was a yo-yo with Oglesby. He shot his freshman campaign 37% from three, sophomore year 26%, bounced back his junior year, shot 40%, and then his senior year was back down to 29. It just it wasn't consistent. And mechanically, his shot just wasn't as pretty as Peyton Sanford's. So maybe that's something that we also kind of have in the mind here. Oglesby, it was almost a little bit mechanical at times uh, when he was out there firing. You could really tell he was almost trying to aim it up there. 
That's not the case yeah. with Kane and Sanford. They're, they're just not falling. And I hope it doesn't turn into one of those because here's the problem. Even though Peyton's six foot eight, pushing six foot nine, he's an okay rebounder. He's not a plus defender. He doesn't handle it real strong. If he's not shooting the basketball well, he's not unplayable, but he's certainly not playable for 22, 24 minutes a game. And, and this team is not that deep. This is not a normal Fran team where you can afford to get away with it. They have to have him out there 20 minutes a game now. I agree, but Trent, this is something I've thought about too. Is it a bad thing that Iowa's not as deep as they have been years past? Because I don't think it is. I think I think the guys that are playing, I think DeSante needs to continue to get better. I think Aaron Ulis has shown flashes, especially from three-point range. He seems confident in that. And if he can get going and at least be a threat from there, I think that's a good thing. But if I was playing eight guys a night, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, we've seen how many times where it's almost like a platoon swap, right? It's like a hockey line shift. And you're sitting there thinking, how is anybody getting in a rhythm in this game? But if Iowa plays eight guys all season long and they go to uh, Josh Ogundale when they need to, I, I don't see it as that a negative for this team. I really don't. Tighten up that rotation. Now you also have to figure out the right pieces. I mean, that lineup when they got up 48-42 against Wisconsin where you had Connor basically playing the five. You had Kingsbury out there. You had, uh, I think that was also... I mean, the, the Josh Dix was out there, I believe, yeah. as well. Yeah, Dix was out there as well. Look, you got to use the timeout or just tell hey, Josh Dix or Kingsbury, just follow a guy. Let's get a stop. Because you had... Sitting over there, Connor was waiting. No, Connor was in there. It was Patrick waiting to come back in, who played really yeah. well offensively. And you also had, of course, Robracha waiting over there. That's a time where you just kind of have to be a little bit smarter and understanding kind of time and situation there. That six-point lead went away. Uh, that's one I think we'll be talking about for a while here. And it might be the difference. Yeah. Seating line for the Big Ten tournament could be the difference between a buy a whole lot. But we got a long season in front of us, and you got to get back to work. You got to get back made in those phone calls. Man, it's I'm, I'm gonna need a vacation on a beach and some mai tais in January, Trent. I, I this is the first time you'll probably ever catch me drinking water, not coffee. You know me long enough. Like this is it's it's been a wild ride, and it's only gonna get crazier with signing day and everything else. But uh, hey, I'd rather have this than summer talk radio where we have no idea what the heck we're talking about, right? And that'll be right around the corner. Another preseason list for the th- preseason <laughs> award list for the 30th time this month. Oh, great. And we'll break it down <laughs> again. That's what we do. David Eichel, 24-7 sports. You can find it at HawkeyeInsider.com. David, will be watching you, Sean, and the rest of the crew over there and all your great work. I know a great time. And you uh, had a lot going on. Are there any holiday specials, anything that want to get a subscription to 24-7? Yeah, so we have 50% off right now at HawkeyeInsider.com for the remainder of the month. You get Paramount Plus included with it, so be sure to, you know, take advantage of that, especially with, uh, you know, the new new Big Ten media rights deal. I think that could uh, could come into play as well. But signing day coverage, Sean and I will have two podcasts, probably about 30 articles in 24 hours, breaking down every each individual prospect. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And, uh, you know, for, for my own sanity's sake, Trent, I hope it's drama free. I just, yeah. I need a day where I can just not coast, but you know what I mean? Signing day is pretty, pretty hectic, but I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for having me. No doubt. Appreciate it, David. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Take care, bud. David Eichel, 24 seven sports here on the lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. A big thank you. Thank you to him for stopping by and for joining us here today. We got one more coming your way. One more segment, a lot more to get into on the lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, but want to take a moment and thank our friends with Built Bar. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. You got to try all their new flavors. If you haven't, if you've tried it before, get right back into it. This is what they got going on now. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper. Now I'll be honest. I got 
the new box of built bars, got excited for it, and I saw the coconut. I'm not a huge coconut fan. Not my favorite. Don't like it in cookies. Don't look at it in sweets, but I gave it a try. It's not overwhelming. In fact, it's just the right mix. It is absolutely incredible. How about this? Thinking about Christmas time, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Bilt's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. Plus, they also have candy cane brownie puff. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. They're revolutionizing nutrition with 100% real chocolate, 17 grains of grams of protein, and a shockingly low sugar and calories with 130 calories. It's a wonderful time to get involved with Built. You got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the promo code LOCKDOWN15. That's LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off your order right now at Built.com. Trent kind of back with you one final time here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Thanks again for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, check out Lockdown Sports Today, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. That is the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. As we wrap things up, so it is a quiet week in Hawkeye athletics as it pertains to the games. It is finals week. That means a, a quiet time. So this is going to be a time where we're going to maybe take a couple of different routes. I got some numbers that were going to come up to you later in the week. Taking a look at the Iowa offense. The Iowa offense in the six years of Brian Ferentz. It remains a huge question. What is going to happen once Iowa gets through the bowl game? Also, how about this bowl game? Have you ever, for you old people, old like me, older than me, do you ever remember a time where there has been this least amount of buzz that there is for this music city bowl i get it's a rematch against kentucky you got the rematch component that's not real exciting it's a music city bowl look we're not talking about a january bowl game and a big time level all of that being said is it the opt-outs is it the transfer portal is it people changing their attention we're going to dive in that a whole lot more this week we're going to run down Lashawn daniels we'll talk plenty with him on the football front what he would like to see if there's going to be a change for Iowa football and the way that they do things offensively. What would LaShawn like to do? He was very successful as a Hawkeye running back. He had a 1,000-yard season. He had big numbers. He had a lot of touchdowns. He did all the things. He's seen this offense when it's working at a high level. We'll talk to him, what he would like to see. He also coaches football. He knows this is the X and O's. He played it. He's lived it. He was in the NFL. This dude knows it. We'll talk about that with LaShawn Daniels coming up later in the week. Also, trying to chase down Jace and uh, get another podcast with Biz here. Uh, this week as we will keep you up to date on everything going on. And of course, it is the transfer portal. It is an incredibly important time. We will talk about that. Thanks for joining us here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Again, big thank you to David Eichold. Check out HawkeyeInsider.com. They do a great job of keeping up to date on everything going on in Hawkeye athletics. That does it for today. Back with you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.